Welcome, my name is Jesse and you are listening to The Wake Up Call. This show is about opening your eyes to how you've been living, bringing awareness to the standard you've been operating at, and helping you start living to your full potential. There are two ways I'll help you do this. One, by disciplining your mind, and two, by strengthening your body. It's time to take stock of your current performance and go to the next level. Let's do this. Welcome to episode three of The Wake Up Call. Today's topic is all about strength training. So in episode two, if you listen through to there, I was talking about discipline and why you must become a person of discipline. If you haven't listened to that episode, I would highly encourage you to go back and check that out because then you'll be able to use those tools and that mindset to incorporate all of the work that we're going to discuss here. And that is the physical training side of things, working on becoming physically strong. So physical training and the type of training that you do is highly important to you achieving your goals. Now, I will admit I am very biased towards strength training. It has served myself and all of the clients I have worked with really well over the last 12 years or so. And I believe it should be the priority for every person's training. It should be incorporated in every person's training, regardless of the goal. Whether you want to run a 5K, whether you want to do a marathon or an obstacle course race, or whether you want to set a new PB in your squat, or maybe you want to go into a powerlifting meet, whatever goal you have, you can improve it and expedite the process by becoming stronger. And the way that you become stronger is by lifting weights, by doing resistance training. Okay, so I want to start off by giving you guys this really great quote. Strength is never a weakness, and weakness is never a strength. Think about for the think about that for a moment, and then think about your current type of training. What are you currently doing, and which side of the scale are you currently on? Are you more towards being on the weaker side, focusing on being really fit? Maybe you're a cardio bunny and like doing you know, an RPM class and you, you're afraid of going into the weights? Or are you somebody who regularly goes and lifts the weights because you see the benefits and the outcomes from doing it in a progressive and structured manner? Okay? I am yet to come across a single person in the world who has told me or has told anybody, I have an issue, I have a problem, I am too strong. I don't know anybody in the world who has that issue. But I do know a lot of people who struggle with the opposite, that they are not strong enough. And that is the reason a lot of people get injured, is because their bodies are not strong enough. Their joints, ligaments, tendons, and their muscles are just not strong enough to deal with the load or the challenge that is put in front of them. So the body crumbles and it breaks down. Now, that's one part of physical training, is becoming strong, is making sure that your body and the structure itself can withstand heavy load and do what you want it to do when called upon, whenever you need it to. But I also want to put forward the argument that strength training is essential for losing body fat. So I've worked in gyms for over 10 years, and generally people fall into one or two categories. One is they want to lose weight and drop body fat. The other is 
that they want to get stronger and build muscle. Both of these goals can be accomplished by strength training. So people have this interpretation or this false assumption that in order to lose fat, they need to do cardio, but in order to build muscle, they need to lift weights. That is incorrect. Now, it's not to say cardio is ineffective. Cardio assists in the weight loss process 100%. It is a great way to burn additional calories and help you create a calorie deficit, which will, if you do it consistently, help you lose body fat. No questions. I 100% agree with that. But if your goal is to look lean or to become lean and have muscle definition, you must do strength training. It is very difficult to look like you have muscle if you have no muscle. So this is what is called skinny fat, is people who do a lot of cardio training who give the appearance of being lean, but they don't actually have a lot of muscle mass to display. This is called skinny fat, okay? Somebody who has the appearance of looking lean, but yet does not actually have a lot of muscle mass. So they're a small-ish type of shape or body size, but uh, they don't have that definition or that lean look, okay? They just look smaller in shape, okay? So strength training, on the other hand, if you do it correctly and you use the principle of progressive overload, which I'll talk you through in a moment, if you use this correctly, strength training is going to be your best friend for losing body fat, aside from nutrition. And this is why. When you do cardio and you do the same thing over and over again, your body actually starts to conserve energy. Your body adapts to the stress that you place upon it and it becomes more efficient. When your body becomes more efficient, you burn less calories. By burning fewer calories, your body burns less fat. So if your goal is to lose body fat and become lean, you must continue to increase calorie expenditure. So that means you must keep burning calories. So if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're actually going to burn less and less calories because your body is becoming more efficient. So it's saving more energy. I hope that makes sense. This is where strength training is really fantastic. And this is where you get so much bang for your buck by using this type of training. And I wanna to talk to you about the progressive overload principle for a moment. The progressive overload principle states that over time, you increase the demands that are placed on your body. And this is where a structured program comes in. If you did the exact same routine the same exercises, the same weights, the same amount of sets. If you did everything the same every single time, the same thing would occur. Your body would get used to that training and it would start to become efficient. Now, if you want to become efficient, that's awesome. If you don't want to get any stronger, if you want to do that same workout over and over again and get really good at it, fantastic. Then you will stay at that level forever until you decide that it's time to change it or improve it or get stronger or you want to become leaner. So if you do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. 
So progressive overload is where you increase the demands placed upon your body over time. Okay, so it is a progressive um, process. Doesn't happen all at once. Progressive means over time. Now, there are a number of ways you can do this. I'm not going to go into all the specifics, but think about it like this. You have to make some part of your training more challenging every single session. Some part. So let's say, for example, you're doing squats and you do three sets of 10. If you always do three sets of 10, your body will get accustomed to three sets of 10 and it won't improve. You'll just stagnate and you'll hit a plateau very quickly. But if you wanna improve your strength, improve your work capacity and build more muscle, you have to overload that three sets of 10. And there's a couple ways you can do it. You can simply increase the amount of reps you do. So you might go from 10 reps to 12 reps. That is an overload. You've gone from doing 10 to now doing 12, okay? So one way to improve uh, yourself and your strength is to increase the amount of reps, okay? Another way you can increase your strength levels and use the progressive overload principle is by adding load. So this is an, an external weight. So let's say you did three sets of 10 with body weight. You might decide to do a goblet squat where you hold, let's say, maybe like a five kilo dumbbell vertically underneath the chin and you squat with that for three sets of 10. That is an overload. You've done the same amount of sets and reps, three sets of 10, but you've increased the difficulty by adding extra weight. Very simple process. Another way that you might want to increase or you could increase um, the difficulty is by adding an additional set. So instead of doing three sets of 10, you might do four sets of 10, okay? And there's this, <laughs> I have this joke with one of my clients. Um, she's well-versed and she's been training for a number of years that uh, if three sets is good, four must be better. If four is better, five is best and so forth. But you will eventually run into a point where you can no longer add uh, more and more sets. So you can't just do, you know, 50 sets of uh, 10 squats. That's not really practical. So basically, just to bring things back full circle, progressive overload is where you make some part or aspect of your training harder each session. So you can increase reps, you can increase your sets, so that's your total volume, the total number of repetitions you perform of a given exercise. And you can also increase the difficulty by adding load, adding weight, okay? I hope that makes sense so far. So that's the progressive overload principle. But using resistance training, this is what I want to try and impart to you and hope that you can grasp, is that you need to keep things simple. So I look back at the, the training program that uh, I mentioned in episode one that I received when I first joined up to the gym and it was a base program, it was okay, um, but it certainly could have been better, it could have been more specific to me as a 16 year old athlete, somebody who is uh, very sporty, done uh, exercise and perform sports since I was six years old. But anyway, we need to keep things simple. A lot of people overcomplicate this process. Um, and this, what I'm about to share with you, is the type of training that I personally perform, but it's also what I prescribe with all of my clients, okay? You must perform the big four movement patterns when you perform your strength training. And these movement patterns are push, pull, hinge, and squat. So those themselves aren't necessarily exercises. 
they are movement patterns. Okay, and the reason that there's four is because it helps to provide muscle balance and symmetry for your whole body. So it means we're getting an even distribution of work front to back, left to right, and top to bottom. There are two lower body movements and there are two upper body movements. So within each of those categories, the push, the pull, the hinge, and the squat, are specific exercises that coordinate with those, okay? So I'll give you an example. If we're doing a push movement, okay, that is where we either push or press a weight or a resistance away from the body. So you can either do this um, horizontally, so think of like a push-up, you're pushing something away from you in front of your body. You can also do it vertically, pressing something up overhead like an overhead press. So that's our push category. Then we have the pull movements. These would be things like chin-ups or pull-ups. So that would be a vertical pull. You are pulling yourself up vertically. And then we also have horizontal pull movements, and that would be like a body row. So let's say you're lying underneath a bar, or maybe you're using a Smith machine, and you're lying on your, uh, on your back, and you grab the bar just outside of shoulder width, you lift your hips up off the ground, and then you basically do, it's almost like a reverse push-up. You pull yourself up to that bar and lower yourself back down. So that would be a pull movement. You row or pull something towards your body. Okay, then we've got the hinge. So this is a hip dominant series of movements. So I'll go through them in a little bit more detail in a moment, but the hinge is hip dominant and this would be things like deadlifts and RDLs. Okay, it's a more of a backwards forward movement from the hips. So hip joint is the main joint involved. And then the last category is the squat. So this is more of a knee dominant exercise or movement and in that would be any squat variation, goblet squat, bodyweight squat, front squat, you name it, lunges, and also step-ups. So the reason those last two go in there, the lunge and the step-up is, I understand the lunge is not a squat, by the way, so um, I, have thought of, I have thought it through. Uh, the reason they go in there is because they are knee dominant. The knee is a prime mover. The knee joint is heavily involved doing that exercise. So these are all basic movements, but when you do these, you must perform them with precision. And this is something that so many people, so, so many people overlook and ignore. They wanna go straight to the hard stuff. They wanna go straight to the advanced stuff. But if you've never done strength training before, if it's brand new to you, or even for that matter, if you're a veteran, if you're an advanced lifter, if you have a few years of training experience, you should be an absolute master of these movements, okay? Precise technique with all of these movements. But I wanna just uh, circle back around to that four movement patterns, the push, the pull, the hinge, the squat, and how it relates to that muscle balance and symmetry I was talking about. So the reason we want muscle balance and symmetry is to make sure we're not overloading specific joints or parts of the body to create imbalances. So this is where, um, Especially in today's society, a lot of us are spent spending time behind desks or you know on on the computer. The shoulders get internally rotated, the the head pokes forward, and the muscles of the chest kind of shorten. Everything is in front of us, um, and those muscles become imbalanced, and it creates a postural issue. When you go to the gym or when you perform strength training, this is it gives you a level playing field. You have so much control of all the variables that 
are at your disposal. Okay, so you can control how much weight you lift, what exercise you do, the speed of movement, all of it, you control it. So with our push movements, okay, we are working three main muscle groups, the chest, the shoulders, and the triceps, the muscles on the back of the arm, the bingo wings, okay? Those are the three muscle groups that are primarily worked. In the pull movement, we're working the opposite group of muscles. We're working the muscles on the back. So we're working the back, the lats, the big strong muscles under the armpits. We're working the biceps and we're getting a bit of grip work there as well. Now we work to the hinge. So that's the two upper body, the push, the pull. Now we go down to the lower body, hinge, hip dominant movement. This would be, I want you to think about this as a backwards forwards movement. Hips traveling backwards behind you and then hips being pushed forwards. Backwards, forwards. So we're working what is called the posterior chain. Posterior means backside or on the rear. So we're working the hamstrings, the glutes, and we're getting a little bit of low back work as well. And the last one, we have the squat. That's knee dominant. So we're working the muscles on the front, the quads, bit of glutes, and there's a little bit of hamstring depending on which exercise you're doing. Okay, so there's your symmetry. We're working the front, the back, both sides, and also top to bottom, upper body and lower body. Okay, so you don't have to be fancy with these things. Like I said, guys, I've been doing this for 12 years and my exercise programs are more basic and more simplistic than perhaps they've ever been. And it's because the basics work best, but they must be performed with precise technique. When it comes to exercise technique, there is definitely a right and a wrong way of doing things. When you're doing a push-up, for example, there are a specific group of joints which should be moving, and there are also certain joints which should not be moving. Okay, so there's a right and there's a wrong way. And yes, there's various degrees of it was good, could have been better, and so forth. Okay, but what you need to understand is we're looking at the best possible outcome. If we're doing a push-up, this is the standard. And then your goal is to get as close to that standard as possible. Okay, basic movements performed with precision is the goal here. Okay, get really good at the basics because everything stems from doing the basics. I know people who are almost 30 years old who've been playing sport, who've been playing football for many years and they can't do a bodyweight squat or a lunge or a plank correctly, which is just absurd. I'm sorry, but it's it's absolutely absurd. This person is hot. These people are high level at sport, playing semi-professional, yet can't move their own body weight. So you are never too good for the basics. The best people in the world still do the basics, and it's because they work, but they also do them and they perform these exercises at such a high level. Okay. So you might see somebody, you might have a, an athlete or a mentor or someone you look up to and think, damn, wish I could do what they're doing. Maybe they're squatting. I just saw a video of one of my mentors front squatting 250 kilos. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of the marker that I look to, like what is strong. But even he will tell you the basics work best. He's doing a front squat. Front squat's not nothing super exciting in terms of the... Uh, the repertoire of exercises that I am familiar with, but he's doing it 250 kilos and he's doing it with fantastic technique. The only way he can lift that heavy is with amazing technique. So get good to the basics. So just to 
just to dovetail back into what I was saying about the uh, the the people who can't lunge and squat correctly. That's that's the bread and butter, guys. That really is. Learn how to lunge correctly. Learn how to do push-ups. Learn how to do deadlifts. And if you if you don't know how to do it on your own, that's why there are coaches. That's why I got into this whole profession is because I never had anybody to help me directly. You know, I did a lot of research online. I spent thousands of hours researching from people who were smarter than I. And that's why I'm putting this information out to you because you can then use it and hopefully implement it with your training and get better results. So when I was younger, I'll tell you a funny story. (laughs) This one always makes me laugh. I remember I was at TAFE and... Me and a couple of the boys were doing some training in the little gym setup they had there. So they had, you know, they had some dumbbells, they had a couple of machines, there was a bench press station, and there was barbells and plates and all the rest of it. But anyway, I was 16 at the time, and I was training with a couple of my friends who were older than I were, uh, I was, and they were bigger than I was, and they were doing deadlifts. And I was doing deadlifts as well because I thought, oh, the boys are doing it, I-, I might have a go at that. I'd never been taught how to deadlift in my life. So these guys are older than I was. They've practiced it. They've done it before. There was 60 kilos on the bar. I don't even know how much I weighed. I probably only weighed about 60 kilos back then. (laughs) But I walked up to it. I did it. And my lecturer, one of my lecturers, came in the room, said, put the bar down because my form was shit. And he gave me a broomstick and he said, start with that. And he walked off. And when he left, all the boys laughed at me. I felt like shit. But looking back, I am so grateful that he did that for me. Otherwise, I would have probably hurt my back. If, if it wasn't then, it would have been down the track doing it. But the, the point I'm trying to get across here is he did it for my own benefit. Like I didn't see it at the time and I was pissed off at him at the time. But I look back with a lot of gratitude that he did that. He took the time to, to look at what I was doing and think, this isn't going to end well. It was too heavy. I hadn't learned the technique and I hadn't earned the right to do it. So therefore, you start with a broomstick. And that's often what I do with my clients is I start specific exercises with a broomstick to help them get into the correct position. Learn the basic positions, master them, and then you can start to load it. Then you can start to work that progressive overload principle. Okay? So I hope that all makes sense so far. Keep the movement patterns simple. Keep the exercise selection simple and master the form. Execute it with precision over and over and over and over and over again. Which comes to my next part. When you select weights to use for your exercises, if you are incorporating weights, start light, start small, start lighter than you think you should. So if you're doing a bodyweight exercise and you wanna do it, like let's say it's a goblet squat, you wanna start loading your squat and add weight, maybe start with like three kilos or five kilos. And this is what's gonna happen. Let's say you're doing your three sets of 10 and you go to five kilos. If it's light, good. It means next week you can go up. And if it's heavy, good. It means you're working at the right level. Resistance training by definition is to overcome a resistance or external load. So why on earth would you wanna make that any easier? I see this all the time. 
people are trying to find a shortcut. How do I how do I make this exercise easier? How, how do I make this exercise less painful? How do, I'm really struggling. How do I make it easier? You don't want to make it easier. <laughs> That's the truth. Resistance training should be hard. You should have to apply a decent amount of effort. If it's a squat and it's not challenging, maybe you need to increase the weight. As long as your form is good, as long as the technique is being executed correctly, then I would encourage you to slowly, slowly increase the weight. It should be challenging, whatever your level, whether you're a beginner, whether you've never lifted weights before, or whether you're like myself and you've been lifting for 10 plus years. It should be challenging. That's what makes it work. That's why it does work, okay? So my thought process when I lift, when I train myself personally, I try to make every exercise as hard as possible. What I mean by that is in terms of technique. Let's take, for example, I'll use the squat because I've used that a couple times and we can start to paint the picture of what that looks like. Okay, squatting, we're gonna do a bodyweight squat. Standing up with your feet roughly shoulder width apart. So if you're, if you're not driving, um, if you're just sitting down, you might wanna stand up and try this. Stand up and put your feet roughly shoulder width apart. Toes may be turned out slightly. So your stance needs to be wide enough for your pelvis to sit into. So if you have wide hips, you need to take a slightly wider stance so your pelvis has somewhere to sit into, okay? You wanna think of your pelvis as a bucket, okay? So imagine that bucket is full of water. The goal is to make sure that the bucket does not tip forwards or backwards during that squat. So we don't wanna spill any of that water. We want that bucket to stay nice and level throughout the squat. So we've set the feet. From here, I want you to imagine that you are spreading the floor apart. You are pushing down, but also out with your feet. You should feel the muscles on the outside of the legs and the hips start to tighten up, okay? From here, you take a breath in and get your stomach muscles tight. You brace your midsection as if somebody is about to punch you in the belly and they're gonna punch you hard. So take a breath in, hold that brace, that breath is tight, the midsection is firm. You spread the floor apart, you push your knees out and you sit your hips down between your feet and then you push the floor away and stand up. That's a squat. That's a bodyweight squat. So when I'm doing exercises, my focus is on executing the movement to the highest level possible. Okay, so that's what I mean by making it as hard as possible. I want my form to be as close to that standard of what is the best squat possible. And your squat's gonna look different to mine, and mine's gonna look different to the person next to me, and so on. But it is it should be as clean and as crisp as you can possibly get it for your body. So the stance, let's use the squat just so we've got a bit of clarity on what it means to have a really good squat. Where should your feet be placed? Wide enough for you to sit down into the bottom position without your tailbone tucking under. That is also known as butt wink. Okay? So you should be able to hold a neutral spine during the squat throughout the whole squat. So meaning your spine, your back should not change shape during any part of that squat. So that means once again, that the bucket, your pelvis, we don't lose any of that water. It doesn't tilt forwards, doesn't tilt back. It holds its nice strong position throughout the squat. So the way we achieve that is taking a stance which is wide enough. We spread the floor apart, push the knees out in the same direction that the toes are facing for knee health and then we drive up nice and tall. 
okay? So when it comes to squatting, your knees must face the same direction as your toes. The knee is what is known as a hinge joint. It is designed to bend and straighten. It is not designed to rotate. It should not or doesn't have much capacity to go left and right. Okay, so whichever direction your toes face is the direction you want to try and angle your knee. Okay, so that's what I mean by making it as hard as possible. Is your technique as good as it could be? Yes or no? And if it's not, where can you improve it? What can you clean up to make it more effective? So you use the correct joints and you engage the right muscle groups. And the last thing I want to finish with, guys, is that any progress is good progress. I wish somebody had told me this when I was 16, 17, 18. Every time I went to the gym, I was trying to break PBs. I was trying to run myself into the ground. I was trying to max out. I was training balls to the walls, going hard. And it probably cost me a little bit, you know, with little niggles and injuries that I could have avoided. Had I made slower progress. Any progress is good progress. If you manage to go from 10 reps to 12, that's awesome. You made progress. If you manage to go from a five kilo goblet squat to a six kilo goblet squat, that right there is progress. Your goal is to make consistent progress, okay? Long-term consistency trumps short-term intensity. Remember that. Everybody wants results here, now, yesterday. They want results yesterday. But it takes time, it takes effort, and it takes consistency. You must be consistent with your strength training, with any training for that matter. So just to recap, guys, strength is never a weakness and weakness is never a strength. So if you are in doubt, get stronger. Focus on excellent technique and execution of movements, okay? Keep things simple. Use that four movement patterns that I explained earlier. Push, pull, hinge, squat, okay? And if you don't know where to start or you feel lost, this is where I would encourage you to hire a qualified coach or trainer a professional, somebody who's been in the trenches working with people for a number of years, getting results. It significantly increases the speed that you'll get results. You will build so much more confidence in yourself and in the technique that you use, okay? So there it is for episode number three, guys. Strength is king, okay? Do things well, start with the basics and be precise. Really take pride in your form from start to finish, Okay, you can't do things good enough. So I hope that makes sense. If you guys have any questions, reach out. You can find me online on Facebook, on Instagram as well. If you have questions or you want to start a discussion, reach out and I'll be happy to discuss that with you. Thanks for listening, guys. I will speak to you soon for episode number four. Thanks, guys. If you loved the Wake Up Call, found it entertaining or got some benefit out of listening, I would appreciate you helping me to spread the word. Please share it with a friend or on social media so that you can pay it forward and give someone else the opportunity to improve themselves like you just have. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon for another episode.